Good morning, y'all. Good to be here. It, uh, we were yesterday doing a concert in Porter, Texas, and uh, that's about four hours and six minutes away from here. And uh, got in about midnight, and Monty says, boy, you must have flew. I said, I wasn't driving. But it's good to be here. Good to see so many here this morning. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, uh, I'm thankful. Huh? There you go. <laughs> um, usually, uh, my friend Judy misses it. She's back there in the prayer room. And this uh, Olivia? Celia. Celia. Jerome's wife. She's back there. And she says, I'm, I'm going to have to miss you this morning. I said, well, I, I wish that uh, there were more to go back there in the prayer room who'd switch off. But thank you for being here. Thank you. I, I was asked several times, are you going to sing this morning? And I said, well, I, Rocky gave me enough time to sing, so I'm going to sing a couple of songs for you. I'm going to tell somebody I was going to rock the Baptist church this morning. So, uh <laughs> This is an old song, and uh, I, I want everybody to raise your right hand, raise your left hand, raise them high. Hey, I, at least you had a Baptist. I didn't think you could do that. But <laughs> I, I tell people, I say, you ever seen a Baptist praise the Lord? <laughs> and they keep time to the music? Yeah, I'm Baptist. I can do that. I can say that. I, I, I tell you, I have been, I have been in, I have been in Baptist churches that were so dry that you had to water the piano. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I ask people, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? You can be, you can be just some shouting when you get up there. Amen. amen? Can, can you say amen to that? Amen. Say amen one more time, amen. like you mean it. I, I just, I'm just wondering. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. You know how to do this? Uh, bring the music up just a little bit, see When I'm down, when I'm blue, I'm gonna need. Tell me, is there a Christian in the house? 
days when I'm a mess. I'm going to need someone to ease the stress. There are nights full of tears when I'm praying for an angel to I need a life-giving, gospel-driven, gentle, ever-loving nudge. I need to know, is there a Christian in the house? Somebody lift their hand. There you go. Is there a Christian in the house? Somebody take a fun up here, y'all. Praise God. <laughs> That's exactly right. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then He will give you the desires of your heart. Because when our mind is on Him, it's not on the world. It's on Him because then we're not thinking of the things of the world. We're thinking of the things of Him. And that's when He will give you the desires of your heart. And I need some oxygen. <laughs> yeah, let me borrow your thing there, Kat. <laughs> On May the 14th, 1995, after 41 years of being a hypocrite, because when I was 12 years old, I, I, I'm, I went through the ritual. And because my grandfather was a Baptist minister... And I knew the greatest thing that he wanted to see was his grandson walk the aisle. I think that's one of the worst mistakes that we Baptists have, is just saying all you have to do is walk the aisle. That is so wrong. What you have to do is give your heart to Christ. Let the Holy Spirit move you. 
Accept Jesus. Receive Jesus into your heart. Having a relationship with him. Then your salvation starts. It's not over then. You're not, you know, not, everything is not finalized. You, you need to walk a daily life in Christ. I see too many people that make that move. Then after that, go out those doors and live like they used to. I'm telling you, saints, their lives wasn't changed. My Bible tells me when you receive Christ Jesus as your personal Savior, there is a change in your life. The old man has died, and behold, the new man has risen. Hello? Praise God. Anyway, this song was one of the songs that I used to sing even before I was a Christian. I mean, I, I believe it or not, I, I, what's fixing, I'm fixing to shock the, the socks off of you. When I was stationed in Germany, in Batoche, Germany, at the 10th Special Forces Group, I was the spiritual pastor or the, uh, the fellowship pastor for 300 people on the fellowship uh, pastor group. And every Sunday we had, or every Saturday night we had a service, and I was their pastor, unsaved, and still their pastor. Now, everybody that stands behind this pulpit is saved. Hello? I want you to understand that. But anyway, uh, on uh, May the 14th, 1995, I gave my life to Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, I was sitting on the very back row of a revival that a friend asked me to go to. And uh, being a Christian, I said, sure, I'll go. And I looked at my watch. It was 847 because I wanted this guy that was up here. Where I wish he'd just hurry up and shut up so I can go home. And... Uh, Right at that time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as, as plainly as I'm speaking to you. This is the last time I'm calling you. I wasted no time and ran to the altar. They said I was down there for 30 minutes. Believe me, I confessed every sin I could. I asked the Holy Spirit to bring every sin to remember so I can confess them personally. Let me tell you something. If you don't, if you don't mean that, don't tell him to do that because he will do that. As a matter of fact, the next morning... He reminded me of a time that I had stole a candy bar from Muhead Groceries in Beaumont, Texas. I immediately, and Muhead Groceries is still there on Calder. I, I put a $5 bill in, in an envelope addressed to Muhead Groceries with a little note. I said, when I was 11 years old, I stole a candy bar from you. Here's the cost of a candy bar plus interest. And uh, I wanted things to be right. And ever since that, that day, I have been like you see me now excited about God because one day when the Holy Spirit moved on my life he called me to be his child there's the lighthouse And the light that shines 
in darkness now will safely lead me home. If it wasn't for that light our ships would be no more. Can you say amen? Everybody that lives around us. They say, why don't you just tear that old lighthouse down? You know the big ships, they don't sail this way anymore. No use for it, hey? My mind goes back to May the 14th, 1995, when just in time I saw the light. It was a light from that old lighthouse that stood on Calvary's hill. You know the song, I want you to sing it with me, okay? And I thank God for the lighthouse I owe my life to Him. For Jesus is the lighthouse and He said, Do you, uh, can I keep your pant up, up here? I said, no, I need to preach. <laughs> I love you, Rocky. You know that. Pastor asked me, he was over at the house, he said, uh, by the way, uh, they finished their album. 
and uh, they, they have finished their album, and uh, they have copies of it. It turned out well. As a matter of fact, I was going to bring uh, one of the songs and let Stevie play it, but I, I drug my feet this morning because I was tired, and, uh, and I didn't get to put it on a, a flash drive so I could play it. But he, Pastor sings a song called One Pair of Hands. That it, I, I, he nails it. I mean, he just absolutely nails it. And uh, you'll, you, if y'all if y'all get a chance, get one of the copies of CDs, and you'll be blessed. Uh, um, Judy sings a song called I'm Free on there by herself. And uh, there's a lot of good songs on there. There's, they sing well. I mean, your pastor has a, a beautiful bar- baritone voice. I mean, I just if you tell him I said that, I won't lie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they did finish it. I gave it to them. Matter of fact, I gave it to them uh, uh, Fourth of July. Yeah. But you'll enjoy it. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be preaching out of Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. When you get there, say word. When you get to 32, go to verse 15. There you go. Let's stand in reverence to God's word. Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah 32, (laughs) I'll be in Isaiah in a minute, Jeremiah 32, starting with verse 15. Now, y'all should know by now to come to church when I'm preaching to have pencil and paper because I give a many, many, many scripture. See, you can argue with me, but you can't argue with God's word. Hello? Praise God. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Now when I had delivered the purchase deed to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, saying, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Verse 18 says, You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosoms of their children after them. The great the mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts. You are great in counsel and mighty in work, for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men, to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You have set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to this day and in Israel and among other men, and you have made yourself a name as it is this day. 
You have brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders, with strong hand and an outstretched arm, and with great terror. And you have given them this land of which you swore to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and took possession of it. And they have, and, and, but they have not obeyed your voice or walked in your law. They have done nothing of all that you have commanded them to do. Therefore, you have caused all of this calamity to come upon them. Look down in verse 27. He said, Behold, in other words, listen to me, I am the Lord. Say, He is the Lord. Everybody say, He is the Lord. The God of all flesh. Say, He is the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Can you answer that? How would you answer that? Say it again. Like you mean it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your precious throne of grace, Father, because of your Son, Jesus Christ. You have allowed us, Father, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, and shedding of the blood, as a sacrifice that we can go into the most holies of holies, Father, and approach your very throne and call you Father. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint this thy servant. Father, remove anything from his life that would, would hinder the Holy Spirit from moving in this service. Remove anything from the lives of those that are sitting in this congregation, Father, that would hinder the moving of the, of the Holy Spirit over this place, Father, that they may understand your word this morning, that there is no thing too hard for you. Father, I pray that you'd hide this, your servant, behind the cross. Father, lift him up, that you may be lifted up. Father, because it's all about you, not about us. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Is God's word truth? I said, is God's word truth? Does it lie? What what I've just read you is truth. Now, look over in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, and it says this, Jesus Christ is the same how he is the same yesterday today and forever what does the same mean hello what does the same mean i want you to understand what does the same mean god never changes What he did for Israel, he will do for a child of God. That is his promise. Somebody say amen to that. God means exactly what he says in his word. His word doesn't bend for me. His word doesn't bend for you. If he says you're going to get in trouble if you do something, you're going to get in trouble. If he says you're going to be blessed for doing something, you're going to be blessed. Hello? Because my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A while ago, Robert said that he will give you the delights of your heart. That's true. Look over in Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33. It says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows the things 
you need, he knows that you need all of these things. Here's the kicker for all of these verses that, I, that I've been reading. It says, but first, seek ye first. When? When? The very first thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things, all of what things, all of God's promises will be added unto you. First you seek God's kingdom. First you seek God's righteousness. First you seek Him. First you live for Him. Don't expect God to bless you if you're living for the world. He's not going to do it. My Bible tells me very plainly that you can't walk on, on one side of the road and then on the other side of the road and try to straddle the fence. He said, because you're trying to straddle the fence, he said, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Hello? I didn't say that. God's Word said that. Now, I want you to look at some things. I'll give you a little background history here. Things were not looking good. For Israel, in, in Jeremiah 32, and for, in, if you want to look at the, uh, the, the rest of the stories in First First and Second Kings, for Israel or for Jeremiah, in verses one and two we find the Babylonians have besieged Jerusalem. In verses two and three, Jeremiah was taken into custody for preaching God's word and telling them, "Hey, you better get your life straight because God fixed to bring." Disaster upon this city, but you need to get right. I know. I know. A lot of times he tried to tell us. I, you know, I'm, I, I can remember my life before I was a child of God. That 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 God would put red lights and stop signs in front of me, and I just run them. Anybody else run the stop signs and red lights besides me? Oh, just me, huh? You're fibbing too. He was for, for preaching God's word and telling them, "Look, you need to get your life straight." If we look over in 2 Kings chapter 24, we find that this king Zedekiah wasn't a God-fearing man. As a matter of fact, Nebuchadnezzar changed the name of, of, of the next king of Judah. In verse 17, he says, that Then the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, made Mathaniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. In verse 18 and 19, we find that this king did evil in the sight of God, and he did not listen to God. He had a, believe me, he had a tragic ending. Nebuchadnezzar slew his sons right in front of them, and after he slew his sons right in front of them, he put out his eyes. And after he put out his eyes, he put him for life in fetters or chains, hands and ankles. Then Nebuchadnezzar, and then in turn, burned down the house of God the king's house, and the houses that were in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Listen, things were looking very bleak at that time for Israel and for Jeremiah. This morning, in your life, things might be looking bleak for you. But I want to bring out two phrases of this passage of Scripture, two verses to you this morning. The first one was found in verse 17. It says, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing, there is no thing 
too hard for you. Then in verse 27, he says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And your answer is, say it again, one more time, no. Why? Because God can and does keep all of his promises, every last one of them. What is a promise? Well, a promise is a declaration made by one person to another which binds that person to that contract, and that's what it is. A promise becomes a contract between you and someone else. I said it's a contract. A binding contract. And when you make a vow to God, believe me, I'm telling you, this is what I'm saying to you people. When you have made a vow to God, Father, if you, I, I can hear people praying like, Father, if you just do this, I promise I'll do this. I'll read my Bible every day. I'll go to church every Sunday. I promise you, Father. And I'm, there's a lot of times we don't keep those promises. This is yes. This is no. This is I don't care. But you know it's truth. We make a vow to God in the spur of the moment. And they don't keep it. Aren't you God that God is not a vengeful God? This is yes. This is no. You just can't you just can't make a promise to God and say, Oh no, he'll forget about it. God never forgets about it. And one day he will, remind, he will remind you of it. But that's what it promise. It says over in Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? The answer is no. It's not. In the Bible, it is God, listen, it is God's assurance that he will keep his word. Look over with me in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. He says, for as the rain comes down and in the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it come, bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sore and bread to the eater. He says, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I, what I please, and it will prosper in the things which I send it. That's God's word. When God speaks, things happen. I said when God speaks, things happen. Let me ask you something. When you give somebody your word, do you try to keep your word? 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 We are men, human, and every ounce of us, because we give people our word, we try to keep that word. But guess what? God is God, and His word is secure. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. When God speaks, things happen. Things happen. Hallelujah. God makes His promises to us that we can claim. He makes his promise of his presence. We found, found in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 5. He says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he said himself, 
that I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. When Alice died, I went into a state of depression, bore none, because I had lost my best friend. I didn't know which way to turn. And if it weren't for, for Erica and if it weren't for Jim and Catherine Riles, I probably wouldn't even be here today. Because, as I told you before, Erica kept texting me and made sure I took my medicine, made sure I ate, made sure I went to the doctor, did all kinds of things to make sure that I did things. Checked on me all the time. So did Catherine and Jim. And I completely took my hand away from God. Didn't pray. Didn't sing. Didn't read my Bible. Didn't go to church. Didn't do anything. Didn't, I didn't even want to talk to a Christian. I didn't even want to look at one. But after about three months, when God started working back in my life and I started singing songs, when I was getting depressed, I'd start singing. Believe me, if you start getting depressed, just start singing God's praises. I guarantee you, your attitude would change. I promise you. I started singing. I started going back. I started reading my Bible again. And I put my hand back in God's hand. Guess where I found him? Right where I left him. Because his promise that is said in Hebrews 13, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And he didn't. He didn't leave me. I left him. He didn't leave me. In Matthew 28, 20, he says, Teaching them to preserve all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. It's a, if you look over at Jacob, in Genesis 46, verse 4, he says, I will go with you down to Egypt. And I will bring you back again, but you will die in Egypt, and with Joseph attending you, but I will be with you. He was with Jacob, who find in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 3, he says, But now that says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, he says, Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by, my, by, by your name, and you are mine. He said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be, be, fur, be burned, and nor shall the flame scorch you. I will be with you. God has promised to be with you. It says that when Joshua, when he was, was going through this time, he said in Joshua 1.9, he said, this is my command to you, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If he said that to Joshua, guess what? He's saying that to you this morning. Hallelujah. He is saying that for you this morning. Hallelujah. Find the Paul in Hebrews 13, 5, the verses we already read. He says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor will ever forsake you. Now listen to me. I get excited about the Word of God. Because I stand before you. And there, there, there are people in here that have seen me back in 2005 when I couldn't walk and when I couldn't talk, when I was on a walker, first in a wheelchair, then on a walker, and then a cane for eight years. And I stuttered for eight years because I couldn't, because the stroke had messed up my diaphragm so badly. I had to learn how to, over a period of nine and ten months, I had to learn how to, to just to, to re-talk. There's people in here that have seen all of that. But I stand before you because God's word is truth. I told Monty a while ago, I, I said, God made a promise. If you're true to his word, God said, I'll be true to you. If you're true to God's word, he said, I will be true to you. And do the desires of your heart. 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's all He requires. Seek Him first. Seek Him first. David says in Psalms, Psalm chapter 139, verses 8 and 9, he says, If I ascend into heaven, David said, You are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, you are there. Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me because your presence is always there. God's presence for you. That's his promise to you. God says, I will keep my promise to you. I will always be there for you. There's nothing that I can't do in your life that can't be accomplished. Just trust in me. Believe in me. Then he gives us his peace. In John 14, verses 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, gives, do I give to you. It says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, because I give you that perfect peace. Just trust in me. That's the promise of God. Then his providence is found in Romans 8, 28. And, and everybody should know this verse. If you don't know this verse, you should. And, you say, and it says that and we all know, we know. And the word there, the word there is gnosis. The word know, K-N-O-W, is gnosis. And that word means having full knowledge. For we have full knowledge that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. We have that knowledge. It might not go like you want it, but ever how it goes, it is for, for God's good and God's glory, and you're going to get good out of it. Let me tell you something. Listen to what I'm saying. You are created for one thing and one thing only. Can somebody tell me what that is? Do what? Serve God. Worship Him. Serve Him. You are made for His glory. You are made to lift His name up. Not to lift lift your name up. You are are made to lift God up. And when you lift God up, God says, I'm going to lift you up. Hello? Children of Israel proved proved that time and time again. The prophets of, uh, of Israel proved that time and time again. When you are true to God's Word, when you seek God first and His kingdom, God says, I give you all these promises. They're yours. There's nothing too hard for me. Nothing at all. Then he gives us his power. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 and 31, he said, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That is a promise of God and His power to us. Look, it makes no difference when you are on fire for God, and when you are serving God, and when you are doing God, God will give you the power. How I am here this morning, I have no idea. If I could find a nice soft chair, I would probably be asleep in 30 seconds. But God has promised me that he's going to be with me. I can be as hoarse and as tired as can be, but I can get up and sing, and that energy hits me where, from where it comes. I, I, I know it comes from God. People say, how do you do that? I said, just find me a seat a half a second, and you'll find out what happens. Because <laughs> I'll be asleep. But that's okay. Then he gives us his protection. That's a promise. His protection. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 
Verses 13, he says, No temptation is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, I also will make an escape that you may be able to bear it. God has promised that he will give us his protection. You can't, you can't go anywhere that God is not protecting you. I, 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 the thing that I, I understand in Vietnam, when I was in Vietnam, there was times that I was in per, I mean, perilous danger, many times. How we got out of the scrapes, I have no, but I can, I can tell people this. I said, I can only see as far as that wall. But God, God saw July the 8th, 2018, that I would be standing right here. Hello? That's what he saw. That's exactly what he protected me. Why he protected me? Because I, I, mean, I, I, I did not bring honor to his name, even though I said I was a Christian. I didn't. But see, there's nothing too hard for God because he keeps his promises. Because God can solve any problem that you have. Now, a while ago, I asked you, he said, I said, is there anything too hard for God? And you said? No. You said what? No. Do you believe that? Yes. Because there's not. See, God doesn't fit in your box. People, and people say, well, I, you know, I, I can't believe in healing. Because, you know, cancer is, you know, be, is, is beyond mankind. So if, God, if cancer is beyond mankind, it's beyond God. Hello, I'm healed from cancer. Hello? God cannot really, you know, you cannot make a, your, your veins in, in, your, uh, in your heart and stuff you know, you go down when there's 60 and 70, 80% blocks. My last check as a heart specialist, Dr. McCullough over at Austin Heart, the veins that were 60, 70, 80% block are now 10 and 20% block. Hello? And I'm getting older, believe it or not. Man says it can't be done, but God says it's possible. You see, I want you to understand, God is the God of impossibilities. Are you listening to what I'm saying this morning? He is the God of impossibilities. I've seen people heal that that the doctor says there's no way. Matter of fact, there's one lady that was in hospice three times, giving up. She's still alive today. Man gave up on her. I'll never give up. When I get prayer requests and people say, no, so-and-so is dying in the hospital. I say, no, he's not going to die. He's going to live. I won't take that as an answer. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, I believe God's report. Hello? I believe God's report. He says, by his stripes, I am healed. Is that truth or is that a lie? He said, I will, meet, I will meet, make, meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Is that truth or is that a lie? God's word is truth. Whose responsibility is to accept God's word? Raise your hand, people. God has already done exactly everything he's going to do. All we have to do is accept it. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Listen to what I'm saying. This woman, just to be caught in public, if she would have been seen, would have been stoned to death right where she stood, or brought outside the gate and stoned. But she pushed her way through the crowd. 
Because her expectation was this. If I could but just touch. If I could but just touch. Her expectation was when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Guess what happened? When she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. Somebody say amen. amen. She was made whole. Hallelujah. The children of Israel to the present, you included. God specializes in impossibilities. I don't care whether it's sicknesses. It's not too hard for God. In overcoming fear, it's not too hard for God. In depression, it's not too hard for God. In marriage problems, it's not too hard for God. In financial difficulties, it's not too hard for God. In negative circumstances, it's not too hard for God. You see, the problem with our problems is that we try to solve our problems and not let God. And not let God. Hallelujah. I want to ask you this morning, do you have any rivers in your life that you cannot cross? There might be mountains that you cannot climb. There might be barriers in your life that you just can't seem to pass. My grandfather, bless his heart, he was a drunk. And when I say he was a drunk, he was a drunk. He was on a seven-day binge. In Beaumont, Texas. And he woke up out of his drunk, out of his stupor, and he was in front of a, of a brush arbor. Anybody know where the brush arbor is? He was in front of a brush arbor, and he was hungry. Of course, we go in a brush arbor, you have to listen to the message before you can eat. Well, he listened to the message of the Lord. He gave his life to Jesus. And he didn't touch a cigarette, didn't cuss, didn't touch another drink from that day on. He came up. As a matter of fact, he started six churches in southeast Texas, one in Sabine, one in Port Acres, one in Beaumont, one in Lumberton, one in Winnie Store. There's one more missing one. Uh, anyway, he started six. They're still going today, as a matter of fact. matter of fact, three of them are First Baptist churches of, the, <laughs> of that area. Because God keeps his promises. And even when he was working, I hear him working. He'd be working in the garden outside, or or, or, or mowing the, the the yard, or working at the church, wherever I was. There, listen to him. He he would sing this song. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things are impossible, and He can do what no other power can do. And then He'd break into only believe, only believe, all things. Only believe, only believe, only believe, all things. 
God can solve your problems. Why? Because he has a proven track record. Everything that he has wanted to accomplish, guess what? Has been accomplished. I'm going to ask you this morning, is there anything too hard for God? One more time, is there? Can he meet your need? Can he? And I'm going to ask you, I want you to stand. You told me no. That God, there's nothing impossible that God can't answer and can't do in your life. I know that for a fact. I stand before you because I know that for a fact. But I'm telling you this also, that God is not a respecter of person. What he has done for me, guess what? He'll do for you. What do you have to do? Tell me, what, what, what do you have to do to receive God's blessings? What? Trust and believe. Only believe. That's what you have to do. And I'm not going to ask you to come up to the front this morning. I'm not going to do that. But I want it by the uplifting hand. I, I want you to tell me, Brother Raiders, I have something in my life that I need God to answer. And I trust today that God will answer that need. Can I see your hand? Look at that. Look at that. All over. Guess what? God can do the impossible. Say amen to that. Say with me. Father, I know and I stand in agreement right now with the one on my left, with the one on my right, because your word says where two agree concerning anything they ask, it will be done by your Father in heaven. Father, I right now receive that promise in Jesus' name. Now, what do you have to do? Trust it. Trust it. I I need my piano player here. Trust it. Let me tell you something. I know, I have already heard of last time that I preached of miracles that, that has happened in this church, that God answered prayer. Because they stood on the word, and God answered the prayer. This right, this young man right here is one of them. There's several in here that I can point you out, but money don't care if I point them out. But God answered those prayers. They stood on the word. They listened to what I said, and they stood on the word. They stood on God's promises, and He answered their prayers. God can, can and will do if you just trust His word this morning. You already, can, you already spoke his word. When we speak our word, we expect our word to be honored. When God speaks his word, his word is honored by him. Hello? And you spoke his word. Guess what? Receive it. Receive it. While every head is about and every eye is closed, I'm going to do that this morning because I'm going to give this call. Go ahead. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this message is not for you. It's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. Because God answers the prayers of His children.
And the prayers that he answers of those that are not are the sinner's prayer. Now, what is the sinner's prayer? Those that confess their sin and receive Jesus as their personal Savior. I'm not going to tell you to walk this out. If the Holy Spirit doesn't move on you to come to me, or if our, if our deacons would go to the side like they're supposed to, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm to put you over there. If the Holy Spirit does not move you to move, don't move. Just because somebody has told you, you know, you need to go up and give your life to Christ, they're not the Holy Spirit. Too many times I've been in services where an adult would walk back to a teenager and lead them to the altar. They're not the Holy Spirit either. Hello? My Bible tells me when the Holy Spirit moves on you to move. That's when you move. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. Right now. You're not, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not. You're not even promised this afternoon. I just learned coming up here of a young lady that we've been praying for had passed away sometime in the past few weeks, months. We're not promised. We're not. So if you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus. Now is the time. Anyone. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to give this service over to my brother, Brother Rocky.